Isn't Kelsey awesome? We are so blessed. So like uh, she said, our youth are down in, um, in Oregon right now, and kind of our, our staff are all over the place, and I want to thank particularly Kelsey. We had two of our, um, our singers called in sick yesterday, and so she stepped in to do that. And, and you know, I've been thinking about watching her, and um, my, my dad was pastor. I'm, my name is Brian, by the way. I've been gone for a little bit, so. And my dad... Uh, Back in, I think in college, you know, he used to have me help him a lot, especially one year one of his major associates was gone for like a year. And uh, I kind of learned in the fire how to do a lot of stuff. And uh, I would do, you know, I'd be, I was a college kid, so I'd be up late Saturday night, and then I'd come in and, you know, he'd tell me what I was going to do Sunday morning. And he had a chair over here on the side of the stage, and I was over here on this side of the stage. And I'd like you know, go up and I'd do whatever I was supposed to do. And then we had these little phones and he could call me, you know, when I sat down and I'd forget things all the time. I was supposed to do the Lord's Prayer or a prayer or read passage or whatever, you know, so I'd say something, then I'd walk back and sure enough, that phone would start dinging. <laughs> so I just appreciate, you know, she is learning in the midst of the fire, especially this morning and this weekend. And like I said, we've had several people call in sick. And I think April's in Texas and Trevor's in Europe somewhere. And then uh, Grimelda's in New York. And I mean, we're like, you know, so I just thank everyone, especially Josie leading worship. That was just wonderful. Thank you, Josie. Thank you. And neat things about being a part of a church family for so long. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine how many different hats that I've been able to uh, wear alongside Josie in the last year. She's, you know, always been consistent in our HR, on our board. She's been on and off the board so many times and, and so many other Bible studies and worship. And just, we appreciate you so much, Josie. Thank you. So, I, I, like I said, I took a couple weeks off and I, I actually stayed off of Facebook for a month. It was nice. <laughs> And I'm really behind, but I was telling the worship team back there. So, you know, I took a month off of Facebook, and then I opened up my computer, and I was like, I got to deal with this. And the first thing I saw, and it was bad, in October of this year is Pearl Jam's 30th anniversary. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But it's all good. Because there's hope in Revelation. That's what uh, Kelsey said. So we're starting a new series today. I'm really excited about this. And, and you know, we're, we're going to kind of talk about it as we get into it. But um, it's called History, His Story. And I want to just, like I said, we'll, we'll ease into it. I want to start with Abraham this morning. And I don't know if you know much about Abraham. Uh, monumental figure in our tradition. And, and Abraham's story starts in Genesis 12. And it spans the next 13 chapters of Genesis. And that is a lot of real estate, if you think about it, in Genesis. From chapter 12 all the way to chapter 25. And, and, and you think about his story started at 75 years old. God called Abram, his name was Abram at the time, and his wife Sarai, to leave their family home when he was 75 years old, and she was about 65 years old, and, and set out for the unknown, for the land of Canaan. 
Abraham, he probably lived somewhere around 2000 BC, give or take a couple hundred years, because it really doesn't know at that point. But, you know, it, we, can, we can argue till the cows come home, 1800 BC to 2200, but let's just plot it at about 2000. And, and the amazing thing is in that, thousands of years later, we still remember him. I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And, and particularly when you consider his story starts at 75 years old and the man has no kids. And you know, children are usually such a massive part of one's legacy. 75 and 65, no children other than Lot. Now, Lot, the, the, Abram's brother, he died. And, and so Abram adopted his brother's son named Lot. And, and that's really worth a pause because it's so easy to, you know, we read these things in the Bible and, and we kind of skip over them. We don't think about what that really says. In real life, the man's younger brother died. And he ended up raising his brother's child. That's not just a historical tidbit. At least it wouldn't have been for Abraham, right? That's family tragedy. And there's a story there. And lives were disrupted. And, and we don't know, you know, all about it, but I can guarantee you, things change forever. His younger brother died. And, and Lot was the closest thing Abram had as a son. Because, like I said, they couldn't have kids. And in our world, infertility, that's a big deal. But back then, your kids were everything. Matter of fact, if you couldn't have children, you were thought to be cursed. And he kind of was, because in Hebrew, Abram, the, the word actually means um, exalted father, which just kind of heightens the irony of the story. You know, this childless senior citizen, 75 years old, arguably has the greatest legacy any man that has ever walked the earth. I mean, three religions actually trace back to Abraham. If you think about it, you know, Christianity, obviously, Judaism, but so does Islam. So Abraham, the exalted father, is an ironic name. I mean, can you imagine his... Every time somebody called his name Abraham, Abraham, you know, exalted father, why don't you have kids? 75 years. Except for Lot, who I'm sure just reminded him of his lost brother every single day. And to top it off, Abraham had already lived a very long life by the time God... At the time, you know, 45, 50 years was the average lifespan. And he's 75 years old. Abram and Sarah, definitely not who you would ever expect for the first major extended story in the Bible, Right? But the more time you spend reading the Bible, the more you realize that, you know, it's, it's always the least expected that are generally the ones whom God reserves for the greatest things. So I'm going to read you the first three verses of his call story from chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. 
and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I curse those who curse you. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. Can you imagine what's going on in his mind when he hears this call from God? It's kind of a little late, don't you think, God? I mean, why did you take so long? Why did you come 45 years ago? You know, it would have been a little bit easier back then. Especially when you really think about the details in God's offer. Abram, uh, I want you to leave your home. I'm going to make a great nation of you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great so that you will be a blessing to others. Now, if I was 75 years old, I'd want a little bit more information than that when I stepped out into the wilderness not knowing at all where I'm going, right? And can you imagine the conversation? He gets home. Sarah, hey, guess what? You know, God told me we're supposed to just pick up and move. I, I'm so excited. And hey, our descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. Well, that doesn't happen every day, Abram. Tell me a little bit more about it. Where are we going? Well, I don't know. What's the blessing exactly? Well, our, our descendants, they're going to get some land. But what are we getting out of this deal? I mean, the promise is they're going to have kids and grandkids. And, and that's huge for them, obviously. But, but it's just a promise. Just a promise. And, and it's a promise from a God that, frankly, he doesn't even know. Never experienced before. I mean, if you really listen closely to what's going on here, it's the descendants that are going to get the land. Abraham and Sarah, they're not going to get any land out of this deal. And this vision, this dream, this call means to walk away from everything that he has known his whole entire life. Out in the great unknown. Just walk away from your identity. Walking in faith and trust in God's plans. You know, if you're going to follow God's will for your life, you've you, you got to step out. I mean, we see this over and over, right? Following God's plan for my life means I'm going to have to leave behind a story of myself, where I'm the star, where it's all rotating around me, and I need to start living a life with a very different focus, because this isn't my story. It's God's story. I'm just honored to be part of it. I'm blessed to be a character in God's story. That is not modern self-help psychology at all, right? I mean, it's about as far as you can get, but it is what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 10, 39. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. I mean, that's at the heart of God's blessing for Abraham. I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Not simply I will bless you. You know, uh, there's a very important qualifier, and we either skip it or we struggle with it. God told Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation, 
and I will bless you, and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing to others. You know, and just because in case we missed it, you know, God says, I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and in you, all families of the earth will be blessed. You know, Bible studies, I always suggest, there's several phrases that I just say, you know, you need to circle and underline the next sentence. And one of them is something like this. Whenever you come across a so that, or in order that, you want to circle that and then just underline what comes next because that's the point. So that you will be a blessing. And it's so easy to miss, you know, the, the main point of this... Uh, so that you will be a blessing. What is the difference between I will bless you and I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to others? We all want to be blessed. Well, we all do. But there's a huge difference between being the recipient of that blessing or the agent of blessing another. I mean, God didn't simply give Abraham a bunch of blessings. He's not going to inherit land. His kids will. He's going to have kids. It's a blessing. But they're going to be blessed as they bless others. What's the deeper blessing? Receiving something? Or being an integral part of what God is doing in the lives of another? This is really profound. I remember the first time, you know, I read Leslie Newbigin who, who said, the greatest heresy in Christianity comes from taking the first half of God's call to Abraham, I will bless you and I'll make your name great, and neglecting the second half. Through you, others will be blessed. And that just rocked my world. But can you see where the focus is if we neglect the second half? It's on ourselves. It's on myself. It's on me. I mean, we read Abraham's blessing like a contract. This is what you get if you sign up. But that's not what it's saying. Not at all. It says if you enter this covenant with God, others are going to be blessed through your lives because God's going to work through you. And my job as a child of God is simply to bless others. According to Paul... Followers of Jesus are spiritual descendants of Abraham. So this is for us too, right? Christians are called to be agents of God's blessing. God's children are blessed to be a blessing. It goes all the way back to Genesis. I mean, and we still have a hard time with it, if we're honest. Why? Because diving deep into this blessing means our perspective has to change. We have to stop living a life, the goal of which is centered on me. It's not me. It's not about me. It's about God. It's God's story. It's His story. Not mine. If life is about what I can get, how much I can accumulate, the one with the most toys wins... None of us are ever, ever, ever going to be satisfied, right? Because there's always going to be more. Someone else is going to have more, and I'm going to want what they have. But if you flip the script like God is calling here, 
you realize it's, it's not about me at all. It's about God, and, and everything changes. And we realize everything from before creation, all of history itself is just that. It's His story. And we're blessed to be invited to be a part of His story. There's never been a time, I think, in our world that needs God's people to live into the legacy as descendants of Abraham than today. Before vacation, we were, we were really blessed as a staff and myself to spend some time with Reggie McNeil, and I hope you were here when he spoke. He's just an awesome speaker. I love Reggie. He's been our consultant as a church for a long time. And, and, and he had our staff, I was telling Josie this earlier uh, before, he had us watch a TED Talk that was done earlier this year by Simon Sinek, and it was... Um, it was, it was when everything was on Zoom, so it's actually on Zoom, and it's on, it's on YouTube. It's, it's called How to Discover Your Why in Difficult Times. And it's worth watching. And in it, Sinek, he talks about the psychological impact of the last year and a half, COVID, and, and everything else, all the stuff that we've been dealing with as a society for you know, a couple years now. And he, he, he used it in terms of shared trauma, and he talked about how, you know, really it's resulted in PSD, PTSD for so many people in our world. And I wrote about this in my blog the other day, but, it, you know, as we debriefed the video, I realized how easy it has been to get lost in, in all of the crises that have come, bang, 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 one after the other, and how easy it is to lose sight of our call as a church. Because we're called to be a rock in the midst of storms. The storms pretty much stink right now. But, you know, I just can't imagine having more potential, a time of more potential just fraught with possibility to live into that blessing than right now. And it's so easy to get caught into these very, you know, focusing on how they all relate to me. But when we realize it's not about me, I mean, it's God's story, even in 2020 and 2021. God is the subject. I am a bit character here. My job is to bless others, not to think about what I'm not getting, how it affects me. I mean, that changes everything. Because it's his story right here, right now. And he's inviting us to be a part of it and to bless others in the midst of a ton of crises. But that is a call, right? So in the next couple of weeks, you know, we're going to look at several call stories in the Bible. Some of the major figures. Obviously, we started with Abraham and Sarah. Next week, we're going to do Moses. The week after that, we're going to do Gideon. I'm kind of excited about Gideon, actually. And then the week after that, we're going to move into the New Testament. It's going to be really fun. But ultimately, what we're doing, we're laying a foundation. And what I'm really praying for this fall is that we're all invited to reflect on the story God is calling us into. Every one of us. You know, there's so many lessons from all of these stories for today. And I just wonder how different the world would have been if any of these figures would have said no to God's call. 
That's a big theological question. Is grace resistible, irresistible? I love the term responsible grace. But, but the point is, how is God calling you right now? As we think about these characters, you know, I've been praying about them. Something that really hit me hard. How many people have walked the earth since Abraham? Since Moses, since Gideon. In the last just a hundred years alone, you know, think of the millions of people who are gone, who are just forgotten in the scheme of history. But we remember Abraham and Sarah. I mean, they lived 2,000 years before Jesus. That's crazy. Or is it? I mean, we don't remember Abraham and Sarah's story. What we remember is how Abraham and Sarah were part of God's story. And that's why we still talk about them today, right? Because I think they're so far back in history that it's so clear how they were characters in God's story, in his story. And when we say yes to God's call, we walk away from our identity. And we're identified first and foremost as a child of God. And that's the key to a legacy that extends long after we leave this existence. I mean, they traded the futility of living a life for the self. And they found real meaning in fully embracing a call to be a part of his story. That's their true greatness. I mean, embracing life as a character in God's story. And that's the key to gaining life. Like Jesus said, is losing it. This is as countercultural as you can get right now. But our human condition, it's about self-centeredness. It's about focusing on me. And nothing gets in the way of truly following Jesus than my own ego and my own narcissism. But when we say yes to God's call, it's, really, it's a realization. This is not about me. This is about God. And that is the point that we begin a life that will never end. It's the greatest blessing we can experience. That's, that's to be a character in God's story. Meaning, meaning, and purpose are found when we give our lives to that story. You know, God worked through these people centuries ago. And the world was never, ever the same. And I just wonder, what is God wanting to do through us today? I believe God is wanting to work through us today. To bless others. The world's in crisis. That's no question. And, and years from now, will they look back? And will we be forgotten? Just names in the pages of history. Or will we be remembered as characters in his story? How we respond to his call in the midst of a world in crisis, it really matters. We pray with me. Lord, I thank you on this day for your invitation.
to join in your work, to be a part of your story. Help us, Lord, to realize that meaning and purpose are not found in me, but in you. And Lord, we ask that we might live into the blessing that you offered Abraham 4,000 years ago, that we might be blessed to be a blessing to others. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.